okay, okay. Where's up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Gonna spit some facts, like always, of course. Hope you guys are having a great Tuesday afternoon. It's very beautiful out today. I'm inside, though, right now. I do episodes, rare episode doing it inside when it's nice out, but this is my AEW all-out review. And let me say, no pun intended, AEW went all out for this pay-per-view. It was insane. We'll definitely talk about the ending, the insane ending. The show overall was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Definitely my favorite pay-per-view of the year. I would say Double or Nothing would be number two, and Revolution would be number three. And we'll see how full gear is on November 13th. We'll see where that'll rank. I think Revolution is going to be fourth on my ranking. So we'll see if full gear will be number two or number three, because there's nothing topping AEW All Out this year. There's just nothing topping it. So on the pre-show, like I said, I don't watch the buy-in, you know, Jurassic Express and uh, Best Friends beat the HFO, but we did see the Butcher return. He attacked Orange Cassidy, so at least it's good to see Butch return, so that's pretty cool. At least Butcher and Blade could maybe go off as a tag team again. Maybe they'll leave the HFO. Maybe we'll see some tension between, you know, Butch and the Blade, maybe take on TH2 or Private Party or maybe a triple threat tag team match. That would be really cool if they do that right there, you know, to make tension in the HFO. That would be really nice. Maybe, like, they could do a thing like um, whichever team wins gets to be the team of the HFO. And the other two teams leave. And personally, you know, a lot of people probably would say Butcher and the Blade, you know, stick with Matt Hardy. But Matt Hardy has history with Private Party already. You know, he was with them first. Or they were with him first. So that makes sense. I would have private party win. It'd be great for them. They're a young tag team. It'd be huge for them to get a huge win right there and stay with Matt. Just makes sense. But that's an idea that could happen right there. Um, we do start off with the first match of the night for the TNT Championship. The TNT Champion, the Redeemer Miro versus the Mad King, Eddie Kingston. And we did see Eddie Kingston come out with a Redeem These Nuts shirt. So that's, that's pretty cool right there. I was thinking maybe getting that. I'm still waiting for my... Uh, CM Punk shirt to come. I ordered it on the 25th last month. You know, I know there's a delay, so hopefully I can get it before, you know, Dynamite next week. I'm going to Dynamite with my two boys at the Prudential Center in Newark, so hopefully get it by then. You know, if not, then that's fine. I'll wear, maybe I'll wear my Christian Cage shirt or wear one of my Jericho shirts or wear my Lucha Bros shirt that I'm wearing now, but obviously I'm going to put it in the wash after we're done right here. Um, and we'll definitely talk about the Lucha Bros later on. Of course, Jericho and Christian Cage, those guys talk about later on. Uh, the match between Miro and Eddie Kingston over the TNT title to start off all out. See, I feel like they should have started off with John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima because that match we'll get to, and that match was really good. You know, with Kingston and, you know, uh, Miro, I mean, the match was okay, to be honest. It had like a weak kind of ending. Like, the ending was kind of slow right there, and the way that it ended it was just. They could have done a little bit better with that right there. I did kind of call it, actually. Like I said, like, Miro will win, like, in a dirty way. And Eddie will get his rematch eventually because he didn't beat, you know, Eddie clean. Like, the middle turnbuckle came off and then it got reattached. And then Eddie was going to put Miro's head, through, you know, onto it. Bryce Rensburg, the referee, got involved and stood in front of Eddie. And then Miro fucking, well, both Miro and Eddie, and then Miro low-blowed fucking... Uh, Eddie right there kicked him in the nuts right there, literally. And then Miro knocked him out with a super kick. And then got him one, two, three, and that was it. Like the match overall, like I said, it was okay. The ending wasn't good at all. The ending was pretty bad. But not every ending to a match is gonna be perfect, obviously. This ending to this match was not good. If I had a chance to to rewatch this match again, I would not, in my opinion. It was just that's not a knock on Miro and Eddie, and this was definitely like I would have to say it's so far it's Miro's worst match as TNT champion. That's not a knock on him, just saying. Not every match is going to be great. I feel like every other match Miro's had as TNT champion has been great. This one, and not as much. Again, not a knock on Eddie or Miro at all. It's just, eh, the match was just, it just wasn't that great in my opinion. Like I said, it was okay. It's like, was it a great start to All Out? No. It really wasn't, in my opinion. That's just how I feel about it, you know. 
It was whatever, though, but I know Eddie's most likely going to get his rematch because Miro didn't beat him clean. He can come out on Dynamite tomorrow and be like, well, you didn't beat me clean, or go on Rampage or whatever and say, you didn't beat me clean at all out. How about, you know, you give me a rematch or whatever. Like, Eddie forces him to give him a rematch, and they do it at the Arthur Ashe show, or maybe Eddie's done going after the TNT title, and they bring in Sammy Guevara to face Miro. And even still, even if they do it at the Arthur Ashe Stadium, Miro could still win. I don't think Miro's going to lose it. He's, I don't think he's going to lose the TNT title like after four months. I believe they'll do it probably at Full Gear Revolution with Sammy. That's just how I feel about it. But things could change. We'll see what happens, though. But now getting to the John Moxley match with you know John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima, and like I said, I've never seen Kojima wrestle at all. And for fifty years old, he put on a damn good match. That's why I said this match should have opened up all out right here. This match was awesome. This match was awesome, especially John Moxley. His whole feud of 2021 has been against, like, New Japan Pro Wrestling. It really has. It really, really has. you got to love it, though. That's the whole thing with the Forbidden Door right there. Anybody could show up. And Kojima, his first match in AEW, you know, hopefully it's not his last. Hopefully he has, like, another match here and there. Maybe him and Archer can go at it. That would be nice, because why not? But him and Moxley put on a good match. You see, a lot of people forget how good John Moxley really is. He's not just a deathmatch kind of wrestler. Some people see him as that way or as an outlaw wrestler. John Moxley can really go in the ring. When he was in WWE, he wrestled pretty good when he was Dean Ambrose. He was a damn good wrestler then, and he's a damn good wrestler now. He's always been a good wrestler. Yeah, I know he has, like, the gimmicky matches, and he wrestles a lot outside the ring. That's who he is, but he can still wrestle inside the ring. He's not just an extreme, you know, guy. He also can wrestle. And him and Kojima put on a really good match. And there was a lot of pressure, I'm sure, on Kojima as well. You know, it was the very first time, you know... I'm sure it was the first time for a lot of, you know, you know, casual fans seeing Kojima. Because even I didn't know who he was, actually, until Moxley announced his name. I looked him up. I had never heard of him. I never heard of Kojima at all. But now I got to see what he was all about. And he did a damn good job against Moxley. I was very... Invested throughout the whole match. I was entertained. It was a great match. It was hard-hitting. Entertaining, like I said. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. When John Moxley planned him with that paradigm shift. Like, the first one wasn't really a paradigm shift. The other one was kind of like, like the dirty deeds, in a way. Like, you know, this one's like where, you know, he hooks the neck, obviously, and drops you. So that was the paradigm shift. Kojima was done. One, two, three. John Moxley gets the win. That was expected. I expected, like, I expected Moxley to win. I didn't think he was going to lose. Unless they were going to do a BS way that he loses. But no. Kojima, a lot of respect there. You know, Moxley showed respect to him right there. After the match, they put on a very fun match right there. Like I said, it should have opened up all out. But that's fine. Really enjoyed it. And I want to say this pay-per-view was definitely worth it. You know, I know I might say that a lot during this episode. Because it was so fun. It was just entertaining and fun. That's what wrestling's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. Not boring and the same rematches you know it's just it's you know what i mean it's supposed to have fun right here that's why AEW has made wrestling fun again you know you got to thank the man tony khan that's the guy right there a lot of people may call him you know a mark with the money listen he may be a wrestling mark but he's a smart mark you know what i mean like ted turner he mostly put it all like on eric bischoff right there like ted turner wasn't really like wasn't in like gorilla position like Tony Khan is for every episode, you know what I mean? Or every pay-per-view. He wasn't there like Tony Khan. Tony Khan was there. You never saw like Ted Turner really like, you know, in the past, you know, be invested at all. You know what I mean? He's like one of those owners that just has like a toy, basically. That they're not really hands-on with the team, you know, they put it more into the general manager's hands. You know what I mean? With Tony Khan, you see him all the time. Obviously, I don't see him on Dynamite, I don't see him on TV, I'm saying, but you see him in interviews and everything, and he cares. He loves it. So you could say he's a mark with the money. I mean, <laughs> he's a mark. He is. But again, he's a smart mark. He's giving the people what they want. You know, and a wrestling company should not be just one as a whole right there. You should have other people from other companies come in, like New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact Wrestling and so on and so on and so on. You know what I mean? That's how wrestling should be. That's how it makes it fun. So after the match, we did see somebody. We did see somebody come out. Some legend. 
Minoru Suzuki, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Legend. See, I know who that is right there. I know who that is. The Legend Suzuki. Oh, my God. And the crowd popped for it. Mox didn't even think he was there. He was all in shock. Suzuki came out. The crowd was going nuts. And then they were trading shots here and there, like signs of respect, you know, to each other. And then Suzuki dropped him. And that was it right there. So Suzuki one-ups John Moxley right there. Oh, man. Oh, boy. This is going to be good. This is going to be very, very good. Especially, you know, John Moxley being back in his hometown tomorrow. Oof. This is going to be a good one. Moxley and Suzuki, sign me right up. This might be the best... This might be the biggest match... You know, um, not the biggest match, but it's been, it's going to be one of the biggest matches in John Moxley's career. Because you're facing a legend in Suzuki, and it's in your hometown. You can't write it any better than that. That's amazing. It really is. Because you got to love this feud right here between John Moxley and, and Japan, basically. That's what it is. But him and Kojima put on a really good match, and I'm really looking forward to him versus Suzuki tomorrow on Dynamite. I really am. You gotta love it, guys. You re- you really do. You seriously gotta love it. It's just awesome. It's just am- it's just amazing. Like you know, it's like almost unheard of what we're seeing right here. It really is. Oh man, gotta love it. Absolutely love it. But now we get to the next match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Chris Statlander. And I gotta say, this match was very good. I was gonna say this was match of the night, but the next match we're gonna talk about was match of the night. Britt Baker right here. This was definitely, I gotta say, one of her best matches here in AEW. Obviously, her best match in AEW is against Thunder Rosa in the Lights Out match at St. Patrick's Day Slam. That was... Their best match. That was her best match. It's their best match ever in AEW. I don't know if any match will top that, but maybe it will. But her and Statlander put on a very good match. Very entertaining. Absolutely loved it. Statlander showing off her strength. You know, we didn't see Jamie Hayter or Rebel get involved in this match. They were there at ringside, but it was a clean match. We didn't see them get involved at all. They didn't try to distract the referee, Aubrey Edwards. They just let the match go. That was it. They didn't do anything. They were just there at ringside. They didn't, they didn't pull anything. I was pretty surprised that they didn't do that. Well, because you also, I mean, you know, you got to let the champion, Britt Baker, you got to let her, you know, she's got to do it on her own, too. She can't always have help. You know what I mean? You know, champions always got to be protected. But when you're in a big match like this right here, if, if Jamie Hayter or Rebel would have helped her, then she looks terrible against Statlander right there. She doesn't look strong. Like, oh, she can't beat her on her own. You know what I mean? And we saw Orange Cassidy getting hype. We never see that out of him. After Statlander was knocked out outside the ring, Orange Cassidy's yelling at her, and he's jumping up and down, getting getting back in the ring. I'm like, wow. And the crowd popped for it. Like, we never see that side of Orange Cassidy. I, I, I really like that side of Orange Cassidy. I want to see more of it. That was really cool right there. So maybe a change like in his gimmick where he's not as lazy. Whereas like he's actually getting hyper. He's, he has energy. Like, let's go. That's great. You know, but Baker and Statlander, you know, at a time, at a point in time in this match, I thought Statlander was going to become the AEW Women's World Champion. Like, at a, you know, a point in this match, I thought it was going to happen. And, and she was close. She was damn close to winning. She was very close to winning. Just came up a little bit too short. Just a little bit. Trying to put in that new submission move, you know, on uh, Britt Baker. That didn't work. You know, then Britt Baker did Adam Cole, one of Adam Cole's moves. And she did it perfectly. From the top rope to like a destroyer, basically. She did it so picture perfectly. You just can't write any better than that and how perfect it was. And Statlander sold it perfectly. And then Britt Baker got her in the lockjaw. Statlander... We didn't see her tap out. She was, like, saying yeah, so she, like, forfeited right there, and that was it. 
So still AEW Women's World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I expected that to happen right there. You know, it would have been nice for Statland to win. She's going to win the championship eventually. You know, it almost seems like maybe three times will be the charm for her because she's only wrestled for the title. Like, this is now um, her second time. She wrestled Nyla Rose for the title revolution last year, and she lost. And now she wrestled Britt Baker this year here at um, here at All Out, and she lost. But I think things will be a little bit different. I think things will be a little bit different at, um, like, like next year, I would have to say. Things will be, like, a little bit different, I would have to say. But great match. Really enjoyed it. But now we get to the AEW World Tag Team Title Match. The best match of the night, in my opinion. We have the Young Bucks, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Matt and Nick Jackson versus the Lucha Bros, Pentel Cedro Miedo, and Ray Phoenix inside of a steel cage. For the AEW World Tag Team Titles. And my god. Was this match good. It was everything I expected it to be. Entertaining. Brutal. Bloody. And just straight out fun. And I was talking to my, my boy James. During the pay-per-view. I was showing it to him. On, uh, on uh, FaceTime. And he was just saying. like These guys don't have to like kill themselves. you know, For a five star match. They don't have to go like really all out. Every time. But they absolutely do. They absolutely do. And my man, this match was just insane. It was insane. I mean, how could you not love this match? And this is what tag team wrestling needs to be right here. Like two years ago at All Out, inside the, in, let's say inside, in the latter match between the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros, it was entertaining as hell. The steel cage match was just brutal. But it was awesome. A lot of great spots in this match as well. You know, Don Callis on commentary, and you had the Stooge, Brandon Cutler right there at ringside outside of the cage. We didn't see anybody else of the Elite come out during this match, so Brandon Cutler tried to get involved. You know, he threw the he threw a bag in the in the ring, he was able to get it over the cage, and it was just a shoe. But it was a shoe with thumbtacks on it. And I was like, no, no way. I mean, I said it's got to be thumbtacks. I didn't know it was going to be, like, on the shoe. Like, really? On the shoe? Like, seriously? Oh, my God. And Matt Jackson, like, had it on his face. I'm like, oh, my God. What are you, what are you, crazy? And then Penta got hit by it. I think Phoenix did as well. But I think mostly, like, Penta took most of it right there. And I was like, oh, my God. And Penta was bleeding a lot. There was so much blood in the ring. I'm like, oh my god. Like, these four guys are legit killing themselves right here. These four brothers are killing themselves here in the ring. I'm like, oh my god. Like, what these guys were doing was just awesome. They, It really was. It was something. It really was something. I mean, Oh my goodness, guys. Like, this match was just... It was a lot. It was a whole lot. But it was really good. It really, really was. I mean, how could you not love this tag team match right here? If you didn't love this match, you don't love wrestling. You don't love tag team wrestling, I should say. You know, and I really thought the Young Bucks were going to win when they hit the BT trigger... On Pentable, Ray Phoenix broke it up just in time. And there was hope. And there was hope. And Ray Phoenix and Nick Jackson were fighting on top of the cage, and then Ray Phoenix was able to kick him down. And I'm like, just escape, Ray, just escape. You don't have you don't have to do anything. Just just leave. Just get out of the cage. That's all. But then I thought to myself, well then he would leave Pentable by himself, because I believe yeah, both members of the team would have to leave the cage in order to win. So, yeah, I mean, okay, that makes sense. And Ray Phoenix flew at the top of the cage on everybody. He gets back up, and him and Penta hit their finisher. One, two, three. The Lucha Bros are the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. 
that was absolutely insane, guys. Like, this match, oh my gosh. Like, wow. Like, it really was insane. And I am very happy for the uh, the Lucha Bros, of course. I'm very happy that they won the AEW World Tag Team titles. I was really pulling for them. Even though I wanted Santana Ortiz to be the ones to throw in the Young Bucks, I'm just as happy as the Lucha Bros winning. I'm very happy they won. You know, they tried to pull a little bit right there. Brandon Cutler with the, you know, the uh, thumbtacks on the shoe right there they threw in the ring. Other than that, there was no other BS involved in this match. But... <sighs> I'm very happy for the Lucha Bros, though. They deserve it. I was saying from the start... They should have been the first AEW World Tag Team Champions. Again, not a knock on SCU, but it really it really should have been the Lucha Bros. Just in my opinion, it should have been them. But it's, it is what it is. They finally are the AEW World Tag Team Champions, and I couldn't be any more happy for them. They deserve it, and they're going to have a great run. The Unbucks, a lot of respect goes out to them. It's 10 months as AEW World Tag Team Champions. Almost a year. Two more months, it would have been a year. They had an amazing run as Tag Team Champions. And now the Lucha Bros are finally on top. And they've worked so hard. Probably the most hardworking tag team in AEW, just in my opinion. They are my favorite tag team, like I have mentioned, you know. And what they do inside the ring. Especially what Ray Phoenix does. What he does is just insane. It's, it's unheard of at times. But what a match. What a match. Match of the night. Probably tag team match of the year. It could be match of the year for AEW. It damn well could be. It was just very entertaining and I absolutely loved it. Absolutely freaking loved it. Just awesome. Absolutely awesome. And the great thing is about this pay-per-view though, it was the first pay-per-view held out of a uh, Daily's place. You know, I forgot I actually didn't even notice that at first. So that's <laughs> that's something right there, it really is. But now we get to the Casino Women's Battle Royal. And whoever wins gets a shot at the AW Women's World Championship. And I gotta say, this Battle Royal, you know, it was pretty good, to be honest. You know, the Men's Battle Royal back at Double or Nothing was kind of sloppy. And it was kind of, eh, like, not as great. It was great for Jungle Boy that he won. That was, like, the only really good part of the match. But this Women's one was not that bad. It was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. It was very entertaining. Great to see a lot of these women get a shot right here. And it was... It was great. It was really good. I, I really enjoyed it, guys. This Battle Royal was very good. I really thought it was good. It was a great, great Battle Royal. The way they did it was just good. You know, I really loved it. Very entertaining, too. It was very, very entertaining. So, you know, in the clubs, we saw Hikaru Shida, Sky Blue, Emi Sakura, The Bunny, and Abaddon. And for the Diamonds, we had Anna Jay, Kira Hogan, Kylan King, Diamante, Nyla Rose. For the Hearts, we had Thunder Rosa, Penelope Ford, Riho, Jamie Hayter, Big Swole. And for the Spades, we had Ty Conti, Red Velvet, Layla Hirsch. Jade Cargill and Rebel, and I did have I actually no I do I do have some critiques on this match right here because I am kind of like surprised that Karoshita didn't make it to like the final four at least in this match. Same for Rio. Rio got eliminated so fast, and she was the first ever AEW Women's World Champion. I know she hasn't been on Dynamite like in a long time, but I guess there's really nothing for Rio right now at this point. You know, but it's like. She got eliminated so fast. And Cheetah, I mean, we haven't seen Cheetah on Dynamite since um, the Dynamite before um, Double Nothing. Ever since then, nothing on Cheetah, nothing. She's been just working on Dark recently. I mean, she should get on Rampage pretty soon. It's like, I don't know. It's like, but Cheetah's a long time reigning, you know, AW Women's World Champion. She should be on TV. I mean, you would think that she would be. 
I was pretty disappointed that Ty Conti didn't win. Because I was like, she was my pick to win. I really wanted her and Britt Baker to work a program. That would have been really nice. It was great to see Anna Jay back in the ring. I felt like she did okay. She got eliminated a little bit too quick too. But it was great to see her back in the ring. Like I said, I believe she's going to be there to fix the Dark Order pretty soon. You know, she'll take... She'll take over. Well, not really take over, but she'll really, like... She'll just fix the Dark Order. She'll get them back in shape. Um, and now the wild card. Here we have the wild card. And actually, before we get to that point, Jay Cardgill actually did really good in this match, too. I was kind of surprised that she didn't win. I know, it's, I know you could say it's too early for Jay to win. That that's That's a fair thing to say, because... Well, I mean, is it really? Because that's not really like not. It's not too early for Jade though. It would have been nice to see her win because Britt Baker worked as like a babyface against Nyla Rose, so she's mostly like a tweener, you know, Britt Baker. So she could definitely work as a babyface against Jade Cargill. I wouldn't mind that match. That match would be really good. We know Jade Cargill is going to win the title eventually. It's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen pretty soon. I think sometime next year it's going to happen. Like, I still say Thunder Rose is going to be the one to beat Britt Baker, and then Thunder Rose will drop it to Jade Cargill. That's just how I see it. Or else I'm wrong. I could be wrong. You know, that's just how I see it right there. I think it's the perfect way to do it. You know. That's what I see right there, man. Like I said, I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong. But we'll see how it goes. We'll definitely see how it goes. But now we get to the wild card. The Joker right here. Ruby Soho. And she is all elite. Formerly known as Ruby Riot back in the WWE. Ruby Soho is in AEW. This was kind of like expected for her to be the Joker, be the wild card in this match. But what I got to say, I wasn't expecting her to be the final two right there with Thunder Rosa. And I'm like, oh man, I'm thinking like, are they going to have Ruby win in her first match here in AEW? Is she going to be the number one contender right away? Or is it going to be Thunder Rosa? But it turned out Ruby Soho is the number one contender. She eliminated Thunder Rosa. That was it right there. Ruby Soho is the number one contender for the AEW Women's World Championship. And I gotta say, welcome to AEW, Ruby Soho. And I can't wait to see the run that she's gonna have. Especially with more of the creative freedom that she'll have right here. You know, she was very underrated in the WWE. She really was. Now she's gonna get a huge opportunity right here. I don't think she's gonna beat Britt Baker. Even if they wait till the next pay-per-view to do the match between her and Britt Baker... Which they probably should do. You know, I don't think they should do it right away. Because Ruby Soho just got here. I think they should wait like two months. Because Full Gear is only two months away. So you have time. So she definitely has time. She de- you know, they definitely have time to work this program and everything. They definitely do. They absolutely have a lot of time to build up this match. You got two months to do it. I wouldn't do it right away. That's just what. That's just how I feel right here. Just that's what I would do right there. Wait two months, and then you know, and then you do the match. That's all. That's all you got to do right there. Got plenty of time to do it. And I think they're going to put on a damn good match, Ruby and... uh, Ruby and uh, Britt. But I'm really happy for Ruby, though. I really am. You know, I think she's going to have a great run here in AEW. I really believe that she's going to. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. 
But now we get to the next match right here between Chris Jericho and MJF. And if Chris Jericho loses... If Chris Jericho loses, he can never wrestle again. And believe me, I was nervous throughout this match. I really was. And I gotta say, you know, MJF trolling us right there at the beginning, like how um, it was going to be Chris Jericho's old entrance, like from his first entrance when he went to the WWF in the 90, in 1999. And they said Jericho's last match. And I'm like, oh my God, MJF is just such a troll. And you gotta love it, though. You gotta love it. And then Jericho came out with, with uh, one of the Fozzie members right out there. So that was really cool. And believe like I said, I was nervous throughout this whole match. Because I didn't want it to be Chris Jericho's last match ever. I didn't want it to be. And him and MJF, I gotta say, this is the best match they put on. I thought their match back at, uh, at Full Gear last year was kind of... was kind of eh. It's just in my opinion. It was It was meh. It was nice for MJF to win on pay-per-view over Jericho. You know, it was just, it was meh. You know, and then they had the whole blood and guts thing. And then they went one-on-one in Houston a few weeks ago. That match was good. And this match was better, I would have to say. Not because of the end result, but it was just a better match. I thought it was much better. Much more entertaining, too. But no, it's like you get nervous right here. Like, you hope that it's not Jericho's last match. You know... Like, part of me wanted MJF to win, in my opinion, because it would be big for his career right there to say, I retired Chris Jericho. But Chris Jericho was my all-time guy, so I didn't want to see Jericho lose. Believe me, I would have been upset. I would have been very upset if Jericho would have lost. But I'm very happy. I'm very happy that he won. I just I just spoiled him right there saying he won. Oh, my gosh. Jesus Christ. I haven't finished talking about the match. But, no, I thought it was a really good match, in my opinion. I remember my friend, and I think it was like the first time he ever ordered an AEW pay-per-view. And he's like, it's just me or is Chris Jericho out of shape? I'm like, because he doesn't, he doesn't really watch AEW like that. But ever since CM Punk has come back, he's watched every Dynamite since CM Punk's been back. And he ordered the pay-per-view as well. I'm like, oh my god. This, he hasn't watched AEW, so he wouldn't know. I have to be very patient with him on that. I'm like, yeah. He is out of shape, Jericho. He is. He's a little bit out of shape. And then... He was like that dude right there that mocked Jericho's entrance. I'm like, that dude? Well, I'm like, okay, he doesn't really watch AEW, so he really doesn't know who MJF is just yet. But he'll, he'll definitely... He actually liked what he did right there. He actually liked how he trolled everybody, so that's what a bad guy does. So, like, that's... At least I can tell that he already likes him so far, so that's great. But, you know, towards the end of the match, we did see, uh, you know, Wardlow come out and Jake Hager. We saw Jake Hager attack him. So, Jake Hager and Wardlow were battling out with each other. So, that was pretty good. Um, and then MJF had the bat right there, hit Jericho with it. And then he hit him with a Judas effect. Pinned Jericho one, two. Jericho put his foot on the ropes, three. So, Aubrey was didn't see Jericho's foot on the ropes. She didn't look. So MJF thought he won. Everybody thought that he won. I was like, no, 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 no. Jericho's foot's on the rope. I'm like, no way. I'm like, no way they're actually going to do this. No way they're actually going to pull this right here. Like, no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Please don't do that. Like, I'm like, no, 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 no. It can't end like this. No way. And we saw one of the other referees come out and say that Jericho's foot was on the rope. And they restarted the match. And then Jericho went for a roll-up right away. And MJF kicked out. And they were, you know, wrestling back and forth. And then MJF put him in the salt of the earth. Didn't work. Jericho was able to get out of it. Got him in the walls of Jericho. MJF was trying to get to the rope. And then Jericho put him right back in the center of the ring. And MJF tapped out. And Chris Jericho has finally beaten MJF. And Chris Jericho ain't going anywhere anytime soon. He ain't retiring anytime soon. He is here to stay. And at 50 years old, he, he definitely proved that he is here to stay right here. It was a great match. The best match Jericho and MJF have ever put on. It seems like now their feud is done. But I mean, the thing is, it's not really a loss for MJF because he's still 3-1 and one against Jericho. And granted, he didn't retire him. He didn't retire him at all. But he's still 3-1. and one. He's still 3-1 and one over him. Let's say two and one in like you know singles competition. So he's still 
has the upper hand over Jericho. So he won the feud either way. But Jericho... It's like MJF won the battle, but Jericho won the war. Like, MJF won the battle against Jericho, but Jericho won the war right there. He got to keep his career. So... In the end, they both won right there. So you can't really complain. But now we do get to the next match right here. CM Punk's first match in seven years. And it was against the strange enigma Darby Allen. And I gotta say, for seven years being out of the ring, CM Punk, he didn't skip a beat. And believe me, it was emotional right there. Darby Allen coming out, he didn't get booed at all. It's not what I heard, actually. Darby Allen got a nice reaction. It wasn't like like John Cena versus CM Punk back at Money in the Bank ten years ago, like when John Cena got viciously booed out of the building. Like Darby Allen got a nice reaction, so that was really cool. And of course, you know, CM Punk came out, and the crowd went nuts. And it was kind of interesting to see him wear pants, though. He didn't have like you know the. Like, the trunks, he had, like, pants. I'm like, that's pretty interesting attire for him. Like, all right, that's pretty cool and unique. And I'm sure CM Punk was nervous totally going down after he said it's clobbering time. Like, I'm sure he was nervous to even say that. It's been a long time since he said it, since the Royal Rumble back in 2014. You know, it's been a long time since we've seen CM Punk go down that aisle and step into that squared circle. It's It's been a long ride. It's been a long time. And I was very happy to see him get back in the ring. And him and Darby put on a good match. You know, it started off a little bit slow in my opinion. But in the end, it turned out to be a very, very good match. Really enjoyed it. And Darby Allen was definitely the perfect opponent for CM Punk's first match back in just wrestling in general. The storytelling of this match was great. The build-up, they only had a couple weeks to build it up. They did it perfectly. And it, w- and it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. I mean, how could you not love this match? Like, I saw one idiot on Twitter saying, oh, this match was horrible. I'm like, what? What match were you watching right here? CM Punk has literally, like, he really hasn't put on any bad matches throughout his career. Like, CM Punk is one of the most hardworking wrestlers to ever step foot on this earth. Like, he doesn't BS you throughout a match. He doesn't half-ass a match. He even made Ryback look entertaining. That's not very easy to do. He made him look good. I mean, please. And I didn't see anybody say Darby's buried at all after this match, which I'm like, thank God, because you should know that Darby Allen isn't buried. He's the longest-reigning TNT champion currently right now, unless Miro breaks that record, which he probably will, and that's fine. But, I mean, Darby Allen is not... Buried at all after this match. He's absolutely not. It was one-on-one. We didn't see Sting get involved. He left, you know, during Darby's entrance. So, it was one-on-one, obviously. No no BS. Nothing from 2.0 or Daniel Garcia. Which I was kind of surprised they didn't do that. That would have been kind of... Well, they would have got nuclear heat if they were trying to get involved in this match. They really would have. That would have been something. But CM Punk kind of paid a little tribute to The Undertaker when uh, Darby Allen was going for the coffin drop. And CM Punk, like, just sat up. That's like a little tribute right there. A little, little, little bit of a tribute. You know, I could see. And then CM Punk did it to GTS early on in the match, but it knocked Darby Allen out of the ring, so didn't really do anything right there. And I wanted to see CM Punk go for the Anaconda Vice in this match. His old submission move, but he didn't go for it, so I was like, alright, well maybe someday he will. Maybe if they do a submission match, there we go. So that, that'd be perfect. But then when he got that second GTS on Darby Allen. Knocked him out. One, two, three. CM Punk in his first match in seven years gets the win. And I couldn't be any more happier. Seeing CM Punk in such a great mood for the first time in seven years being back in the ring. Just like Christian Cage. Just like when Christian Cage probably had the same nerves as well being out of the ring for seven years. And his first match was being in the Royal Rumble early on back in January this year. But his first one-on-one match was against Frank Kazarian on Dynamite back in March. And he did great. It's like he didn't skip a beat right there. Like, he didn't miss a beat at all. It's like he it's like he never left the ring. And I've been seeing people get mad at CM Punk for what he's been saying recently. Like, oh, he almost died in the WWE. As CM Punk said right there, like, he almost died there. Well, that's true. 
with all the Z packs he was taking and how sick he was mentally, physically, he could have died in the WWE. He really could have. And people are getting mad at him for saying that. You see, everybody wanted CM Punk to come back to wrestling. And these are the same people that were crying for CM Punk when he criticized WWE back in 2014. Every right to do, of course. And everybody's mad at him for telling the truth. Just like what he did seven years ago, he told the truth. And everybody loved it. And now everybody hates it because he's in AEW. Like, seriously? And why would CM Punk ever go back to WWE? He'll never go back there as a competitor. He'll never go back there as a competitor. I mean, if they want to put him in the Hall of Fame, he probably will accept it. I mean, that's his choice if he wants to accept it. I don't know if he will. I don't know if him and Vince ever talked when he went on the backstage show on Fox, which is owned by Fox, not owned by WWE. So he was working for Fox. He wasn't working for the WWE, so... I, I don't know... I don't know what his relationship is with them right now. I don't know how he is with Vince or Triple H. I I can't speak for it. I don't know how it is. You know, but he seems much more happier here in AEW. And he deserves to be. I mean, come on, look what he went through seven years ago. And if he has ever he has every right to say, you know, whatever he wants right there. You could say, like, oh, why does he keep complaining? You if you were in his shoes right there seven years ago, you'd be saying the same thing right now. I mean, come on. Seriously, let's be real here. You know, let's be real here for a little while, okay? I mean, come on. A great match, though. And Sting got in the ring. He shook hands with CM Punk. And CM Punk and Darby Allen shook hands. Great sign of respect. Let's see what's next for CM Punk now. We'll see what's next. You know, they didn't really, you know, maybe... I mean, actually, I don't know. We don't know what's next for CM Punk right now here in AEW. He just beat Darby Allen. So, we'll see what happens next. I can't tell right now. You know, you could always say maybe him and Kenny will work a program in the future or whatever. Or we just don't know right now. We get to the next match. This is a short one we're going to talk about. You know, Paul White versus QT Marshall. It's like they couldn't really put this on the pre-show. But I got it. it was Paul White's first match in AEW. His first match in a while. So whatever. It was really nothing, to be honest. Nothing special. Solo... Took a beating there from Paul White. Nick Camarado got the knockout punch. Didn't take him out. But then Paul White took him out like with like a shoulder tackle. And Paul White chokeslam QT. One, two, three. That's, that's a big show. See, now I'm like JR right there botching right there. saying big show. But Paul White got the win. And that, that was it. That's all it was right there. It didn't really matter, to be honest. I thought maybe Shaq was going to come out. And they were going to build it up between Shaq and Paul White. But I guess, I guess not. I thought that was going to happen, but no. Nothing at all. It's like, okay, I mean, Paul White's be QT Marshall. It's like, uh, okay. It didn't really matter, not really. So I really didn't care for the match. I just, you know, it was whatever. No, nobody really cares. But now, we know for Dynamite coming up, we know it'll be John Moxley versus Minero Suzuki. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully it's the main event. We know Ruby Soho will be making her first Dynamite appearance. And we know Malachi Black will be facing Dustin Rhodes. So we got an interesting episode of Dynamite coming up so far. It's the only matches that have been announced so far. I'm sure there'll be another, a couple of the matches that'll be announced. Probably tonight or tomorrow they'll announce it. You know, because we know Dynamite is tomorrow, so we'll see. Can't wait for it. It's going to be great. Can't wait to watch it. Can't wait to be at Dynamite next week. But now we get to the main event of the evening for the AEW World Heavyweight title. Kenny by God Omega, the AW World Champion versus the Impact Wrestling World Champion, Christian Cage. And I gotta say, though, I gotta say, I was surprised it was the main event. But seeing Christian Cage main event at pay-per-view absolutely warms my heart. That's exactly what they do with him in TNA. It's just the facts, though. In WWE, you never saw him main event at pay-per-view unless it was the Royal Rumble. Other than that, he never main evented like a pay-per-view. Which was a shame. I guess you could say WWE never saw him as a main event guy, but TNA always did. And AEW still sees him as a main event guy. And him and Kenny put on a damn good match right here. They really did. They had some really brutal spots during this match. You know, Christian Cage handled it very well. It was funny, like, when Kenny was going for, like, a like a flip right there on the uh, barricade. He slipped at first, and the crowd was laughing at him, and then he... 
he was laughing at it. He laughed at himself right there, and then he fixed it right there and was able to do the backflip on Christian Cage. He was toying around with the crowd. So that was pretty nice right there. And Don Callis wasn't on commentary. He was out there for ringside. So, But him and Kenny, you know, Christian Cage and Kenny Omega put on a really good match. They really did. It was fun. It was a fun match right here. Like, who would have thought in 2021 we see Christian Cage main event of pay-per-view? Who would have thought? Nobody thought that. Nobody thought that at all when AEW came around. Like, oh, yeah, Christian Cage will somehow come back to wrestling. No main event of pay-per-view. We never thought we would see Christian Cage back in the ring. We never thought we'd see CM Punk back in the ring. We never thought that. And yeah, granted, Christian did. Christian Cage did come back for the WWE for the Royal Rumble early on in January before he went to AEW two months later. But who would have thought? Who would have thought we'd see them on the same pay-per-view in 2021 in a different company? <laughs> Nobody in their right mind would have thought it. Nobody back in 2019. Like, CM Punk always seemed like a realistic kind of option for AEW to probably happen. But Christian Cage, no. We never thought we'd see him back in the ring due to the concussion issues that he, that he uh, suffered. But he's doing great now, thank God. But him and Kenny put on a brutal match. And when Christian Cage, when he went for the kill switch right there, got on Kenny, I thought it was over. So close. Very close. And when Christian Cage, he was going for on the top row. I'm like, there's no way he's going to hit this. And they teased it. But Kenny Omega got him for the one-winged angel from the top rope. A top rope one-winged angel. One, two, three. And Kenny, by God Omega, is still the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Again, part of me, I, I wanted Christian Cage to win. Part of me wanted Christian Cage to win the AEW World Title. But Kenny Omega is still World Champion. By the way, he just passed John Moxley today. For longest reigning AEW World Champion. So he broke a record there. He's been champion for nine months. He's had an amazing title reign. Really want a Christian to win. But it is what it is. After the match we did see. The Elite you know, attack Christian Cage. And then Jurassic Express came out. Then they couldn't really even up the odds there. And then Kenny Omega grabbed the mic saying you know. The only people who could beat me you know, are not here. They're either tired. Or they're already dead. And the lights go out. And who comes out? Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole is here in AEW. He comes out. I was surprised. I was like, no way. So Adam Cole is officially all elite. And I'm like, there's no way him and Kenny are going to do a program. There's just no way. He's got to join. He's got to join the elite. He's got to join back with his guys. There's absolutely no way. He got in the ring. He did his thing. Adam Cole, baby. I know Britt Baker is very happy to have him in AEW. I'm sure that she is. And then Jungle Boy was getting up. I'm like, no, he's going to super kick him. And then that's exactly what he did. Adam Cole super kicks Jungle Boy. He's with the Elite. And the Young Bucks playing a kiss right on his face right there. So Adam Cole, oh, man. I really thought we were going to see him versus Kenny. But nope. We're not going to get that. Sadly, no. And then Kenny Omega was like, oh, you really thought Adam Cole was going to, you know, he really thought, he, you know, he was going to fight us? You know, we're best friends. And then he was going to do the whole bid you adieu and say, you know, goodbye, good night, bang. And Ryzen's about to do it. Who comes out? The American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Oh, my God. And they tried, and they couldn't get the final countdown for his, uh, they couldn't get the rights right there for the final countdown. It would have been too much, they said. So it's a little bit like a remix in a way. And Brian Danielson is all elite. The crowd was going nuts. Just like they were going nuts for Adam Cole. Oh, my God. Brian Danielson was going off in the ring. When he got in there, he was kicking everybody's head. And he was just going off on everybody. And what an end to AEW All Out. Him, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Christian Cage... All standing tall. Especially after Daniel Bryan hit... About to say Daniel Bryan. I just said it, actually. After Brian Danielson... Take me a while to just say Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson hit that running knee on Nick Jackson. That was awesome. Oh, my goodness. Dynamite is going to be crazy tomorrow. And the whole world was 
buzzing about AEW after All Out. You had Sports Center talking about it. It's insane. AEW is the place to be right now when it comes to being a wrestler. This is the place to be. It's it's so much fun. You gotta love it. Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, of course, CM Punk. This is only gonna get better. And most likely, well, even though his name won't be Bray Wyatt, he'll probably have a new name in October. There's rumors that he, that Bray Wyatt's gonna come to AEW in October, and he most likely will. That's where his whole 90-day uh, no-complete com- clause is up right there. So most likely we'll see him become all elite. Oh, man, the whole crowd was going nuts in Chicago. You got to love it. Social media has been buzzing for days. They're going to be buzzing tomorrow. I can't wait for Dynamite tomorrow. I can't wait for Rampage on Friday. We know we're going to get Pac versus Andrade El Idolo. Finally, it's going to be on Rampage on Friday. Let's go. Can't wait. Oh, my God, guys. Everything is all right in AEW right now. You have to love it. This is awesome right here. AEW is changing the game. AEW is changing the game in wrestling. you got to love it. This is what it's all about right here. You have people who watched like 20 years ago finally getting back into wrestling. Or people are just finally getting into AEW. This is great. AEW is becoming more mainstream every single day. Every single day, they're becoming a little bit more mainstream. Oh, man, guys. This is great. This is absolutely great. Oh, man. What a pay-per-view. What a night. It's definitely worth it on Sunday. It was definitely worth it. It was one for the ages. It absolutely was. Like somebody said, this is the best pay-per-view since WrestleMania 17. WrestleMania 17 arguably is one of the best WrestleManias, if not the best WrestleMania of all time. That's that's when Stone Cold turned heel and joined up with Vince McMahon. So, I mean, that was, like, evil right there. I mean, it was crazy. Even though it was only... I was, like, was going to be one, three months later after that. After that WrestleMania, but you look back on it, it was absolutely crazy. But this was, too... Oh, man, I can't wait for Dynamite tomorrow. Dynamite tomorrow is going to be insane. The 101st episode... Oh, man, it's going to be absolutely crazy. And I can't, I can't wait for it. All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. The next time I will talk to you guys will be on Thursday with my AEW Dynamite review. Have a great rest of the night, guys. I know that I will. And I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Talk more AEW, baby. I love this company. Thank you, Tony Khan, for bringing back my passion and love, or say love and passion, for professional wrestling. That's what it's all about. Thank you, guys. Talk to you Thursday.